Frankie, let's go. So, first question, Ian. Why do you want to do this interview? I thought that, that was a question you, <laughs> you're asking me why I want you to do the interview. I'm asking you, why do you want to do this interview? Well, I just think it's about an opportunity to just, just share a different way of living, you know. I think, um, you know, what attracted me to it was that, you know, I think businesses tend to be looked in a very, there's such a broad range of businesses and design models and concepts that exist. And I just think in terms of what we're doing, we're just doing something that's maybe quite innovative, quite interesting. Okay. Unusual. Okay. That's the reason why. Great. So how would you define a maverick? Um, for me, I think a maverick is someone that kind of just usurps something that's kind of standardised or something that's quite the same. So, or diverts it. Someone that kind of just diverts something, someone that usurps something. Okay. Uh, maverick, someone that's maybe not considered to be relatively mainstream. Okay. Uh, someone that's innovative. Someone yeah. that's pioneering. Um, you know, it's a range of things. Okay. It's specific, you know. So you what, have a definition that you work with? Okay. So why do you think... No, no, no. I'll t that'll come out as we come along. So why do you think you're a maverick? Because I think the model we're using is, is, is how to live more cheaply, basically, in society. Right. Um, and I think everything that's encouraged in society is about how to live more consumeristic, how to live with more. Yeah. But I'm actually showing a lifestyle of how to live with less. Okay. That's the reason why. Okay, and you asked me how I defined a maverick. To yeah. me, a maverick is somebody who um, breaks the status quo, doesn't follow the rule. I'm, I'm interviewing mavericks globally from various industries, and what I'm doing is I'm finding the game changers, the ones who break the rules and do, do, do it differently to everybody else. Did you see the website? I, do you know what? I looked at it, but I don't read a lot about the person. So you don't want to... Okay, I understand that. Because well, that would cloud, you know, that in, you know, the way I would interpret your responses. Well, I tell you why. I mean, I don't know how that's going to be feasible, but it's something that you probably, to get the real depth of what you're trying to achieve with your interview, yeah. you'd have to come to the space. Right. Because it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's very much a lifestyle. And it's one of those things that... One thing is it's good to have interviews, but it's only for me. And Well, it, no, it depends on the individual. Yeah. But it, it would get more, it would be more valid if you actually experienced the, the space because it's literally my home I've converted into a project. I understood the bit about your home. Okay, yeah. my next question. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, or can't decide. Okay. People tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Undecided. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I'm much more productive than other people. True. I have very unusual talents. True. I'm generally underestimated by people. True. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Differently? I'm not sure about the better. Yeah, that crops up every time. Why do you do things differently, Ian? Well, because I think I work on a, on a principle of cooperation. cooperation. 
right. and a quanti- qualitative way of working. So what I mean by that, I think that from my experience of business and society as a whole, um, it tends to be a focus on um, a hierarchical. Like everything's got to be qualitative. Everything's got to be the top. Everything's got to be the best. It's going to be quite competitive. Right. And I'm just simply saying that is this the only way that we can work in society to produce, be, be, be creative individuals okay. or even business? I think there's a range of models that exist and this is just one example of my way of living that demonstrates that. Okay. And this might be an opportunity to talk about your project, but can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Well, what we do, what I do differently is actually um, I maximise my resource. Okay. Resource. So, for example, this is my home. Mm-hmm. So I could just be a home and I could just be living here. But what I've done, I've actually opened it up for a project as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the project in itself doesn't seem like a huge thing. Probably people do it in very... In, in many different ways. Okay. But this is different because this is a lifestyle. So basically people come here, they actually have access to all the rooms, the spaces, and they also come and actually, if they've got a skill or if they've got a talent or a gift, this space becomes uh, an open space where they actually can actually implement it and learn about their skill here. Right. So for example, the person that set this up was into permaculture. So he used the garden and created a self-sustained food gram system within a garden. Okay. We have a lady that's doing decoupage at the moment. So she's decorating the home using completely recycled papers and leaves and natural, create their natural glue out of flour and water. Okay. So it's a whole lifestyle. And what we're doing, we're providing solutions to a lot of the things that people are talking about when it regards to environmental issues and self-sustainability and, you know, being less consumeristic. Yeah. We're providing cheap, practical solutions that everybody, anybody can, and anybody can introduce and use, as opposed to charging a huge amount of money for things that you have to buy into. Like, you have to become a consumer again to become more sustainable. Okay, fair enough. Is what you do equated to the bottom line, so money, or something else? It's, it, you know, uh, no, because it's, you know, capital can be looked at in several, several different worlds, in different worlds, in different ways. Um, so, for example, you can see capital or money in many different forms, not just in terms of finance, but also in terms of health, um, your environment, in terms of your spirituality, in terms of your well-being, in terms of all those things can be uh, 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 a way of seeing okay. health or, you know, and wealth. Yeah, okay. Is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life? Of course. Of course. I mean, you know, I, I don't consider myself to be a very competitive person. I think I see myself as a person that's much more... Um, sensitive in some respects so I just view the world differently and because I view the world differently um I've tried to replicate that in my environments I think I have to do that internally with my space starting off with my space and who I am and that reflects outwardly in terms of everything I do through my music through the project through my workshops um and yeah just just operating that in that way Okay. Does doing things differently, Ian, require certain skills, talents, or mindsets? And if so, what are they? I think the, overri- uh, I think the overriding thing is being true to yourself. 
I think that's the overriding thing that under, uh, answers the question to all, the, all, of those, all of those things. You have to be true to yourself. It's, it's not about right or wrong. It's about how, what, what you learn from those situations. Okay, okay. And what are the challenges to being a maverick? The challenge is, well, yeah, acknowledgement, uh, right. fitting in, acceptance, um, all those things. When you're a maverick, if you're taking this, this, this journey, you're, not, you're considered to be slightly outside of the, the, the norm. Yeah. So you get slightly marginalised in terms of what you do or how you appear or how you, until you reach uh, a level of success which is seemed acceptable in society. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. What's been your What's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? The lowest part, too many. Lowest, I mean, yeah. There, there, there's, you know, this is, you know, I'm not going to try and create a impression that it's all lovely and we're going to be, we are the world. That's a false. I think that's a myth. I think we need to embrace that this journey that we're on is very dark and it's very hard. And there are lots of dark moments. There'll be lots of tears. But if you can come out of those moments, right. you find that you're more resilient, you're more innovative, you've learned so much more. So that's part of the process of being a maverick. Okay. I think you don't just have one experience which is negative, you have lots. And all it is is about how you learn from those experiences and how you improve upon those experiences and how you become more resilient in those experiences. Okay, thank you. What aspects of your personality or character influence your maverick approach? I think I'm a very much a person, I, I use the terminology, I always use the, I try to use references in nature. So I consider myself a pollinator. Right. And what I mean by that is that I, I see people's gifts and I say, okay, I think you're really good at that. How about you try this? Right. How about we do this? So I'm really about, I really try to... The other name I use is the Freedom Teacher. Yeah. I look at education, I look at the, the word educate, to educate, to draw from within. I look at people's gifts and skills and abilities and I try to draw those out of people or provide spaces where they can actually, you know, focus in on those. Okay, that makes sense. Are you born or bred a maverick, do you think? I think it could be a combination of both. Okay. I think I don't. I can't speak. I can't say that I was born into being a maverick. Right. I think every child is probably a maverick when they're born. I think they they have that um, um, that that childlike self that they, they they are questioning. They are outside of the mainstream. But as they get older, they tend to develop a, a, a homogenous way of being. They yeah. kind of want to become more peer influenced. They want to, you know, environmental job opportunity, whatever it may be, but they become, whatever it is, they become less their childlike essence. Yes. Um, for me, because I was a carer for 20 years, right. um, I had a different viewpoint. I had quite a very dark upbringing. Right. Um, so when you mentioned about the dark moments, there are so many. Yes. But in this darkness, um, I use the whole notion of alchemy. I've, I'm turning the, the darkness around. Yeah. And making it a beautiful, a beautiful space, a beautiful environment. So my mum, I grew up here with my mum. Right. And she used to, I used to live here with, live here with her. Right. She passed around, and she passed in 2005. Right. So I've used all those negative experiences to create something beautiful. 
Okay, and um, thank you for sharing that, Ian. I don't know if you know this bit, but I'm a ex-children's nurse, and okay. my specialism was teenagers. So I I understand the um, I understand the connotations of um, being a carer, for a young person being a carer for someone. Right. It's um, a very undervalued role in society, and people try to pretend it doesn't exist, but it does. Exactly. Mm. Um, do you th so you've already answered this, but I'm going to add this. Ask you again, just in case there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, that do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick? So you said, you know, um, the role of being a carer for your mum. You know, you've turned that was a lot of work and effort, and you used the tough times to turn them round. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Ian? Well, I, I just, I think it, in terms of how we view people, I mean, this could be, you could look at anyone who's a maverick as not being someone who's considered to be mainstream in society. So oh. what I mean by that is that people of, uh, you know, society, if you're not of a certain colour, certain race, religion, disability, I think all these people, um, they, we, we can learn so much from our, about society from these people For as sure. opposed to seeing them as mavericks or outside of the mainstream. Yeah. So, for example, my mum suffered from mental illness. Right. So going into that environment and seeing people who had mental illness and then being surrounded by them, there were occasions I used to listen to what they said and I thought, hold on, they make a, that makes a lot of sense, what they're right. saying. Right, And I think that moment made me just question why people are in those places and why does society why do we, why does society treat people in this way? Yeah. Why, why does society treat people in that way? Why do they treat people in this way? Why are they considered to be deviant in society? Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because if it, the other side of the equation is the fact that you know madness and genius are two sides of the same right. coin. Right. Very close. Yeah. Very, very close. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people must think some of the things we're both doing are mad, but if we crack it, then we're suddenly geniuses. Right, and, and, and if we don't crack it, we had a fun journey trying, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> with you on that one. Okay, my next question. How is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to being a maverick? I think that comes with being the, the pollinator, so the bee reference. My okay. energy is always like, I'm always doing something busy, being okay. a busy bee. But more, more often now, I'm, I'm just being, being still. And while I'm learning, I think one of the things I'm learning to do, which is my personality, is I'm challenging, I'm challenging my energy to be more in keeping with the things I do. So what I mean by that, I can still be charged with energy. Yeah. I can still be a multitasker. I can still do that. But what I've been doing, I've getting myself more organised, getting a beehive, you know, getting okay. myself more more structured okay. to allow that energy to be be harnessed to its maximum potential. Okay. So how do you see rules? I think rules, uh, rules uh, you know, uh, they're uh, for a purpose. I think they're great. I think the problem is that, is that the rules that exist are specifically, they're laden with um, control elements into it, which is not a bad thing, but I think but that's by human beings. And it's not always for the good of society. I think one of the greatest rules we can do is follow nature. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of my being, how I learned to become slightly more um, relaxed, slow down, was through my experience of working with nature even more. Right. And so we had this conversation earlier prior to this 
before I spoke to you, yeah. um, there was a gentleman came who's also a gardener and an MC. Right. And we were just talking about when you rush, how many mistakes you make. Yes. Um, and I think I'm guilty of that in a lot of my stuff. And what I'm doing, I'm just slowly slowing down that 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 experience. Right. And what that's doing is allowing for gaps of opportunity to come through as well. Because right. when I'm so busy, I don't have time for that opportunity to, to, to um, emerge. Right, gotcha. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? I just, I just, I always just question stuff. I just okay. was like, you know, um, I think business is always, the aspiration is always to have loads of money. And I think that's fine, that's brilliant. But some people might just want peace and happiness. Yeah. Some people just want a different lifestyle. Some people just want to be able to travel for the rest of their lives. Have you always taken, um, are you always a maverick now or do you choose to be so at times and why? I think you, you, you have to... It's a kind of hmm, it's an interesting one now. Um, so, for I, example, you, what happens is like I'm interviewing people from loads of different fields, yeah, mm. and they might say, you know, I've had instances where people will say, well, I'm going into this business meeting, I want to crack this deal, but the people around the table are only going to handle a four out of ten of my maverickness. And mm. then there's other instances where they think, okay, this company's really full on. I can just be ten out of ten and they'll handle it. So my question to you is, you know, um, are you always a ten out of ten maverick or are you... I don't think, I don't think it's possible to be a ten out of ten. I think and the, the word maverick strikes me as being quite... Um, a quite um, external word. It's it's quite a challenging one. Whereas what I do, I think it's a bit more subtle right. because of the way in which I'm working. Right. Um, so I think I am a maverick most of my time. Right. But it's done in a very subtle way. Okay. And do you turn the dial up and down? Depending on the I situation. Try not to. Right. I think that is really about trying to be. I think no, they are, no, that's not true. Within my space, within the project itself. I'm very much, um, much more less maverick. I'm more myself because it's my space. It's like my home ground. Okay. Because most of my delivery, most of my projects, most of my workshop, most of my music is created from here. Okay. But when I go outside of this space, I put on this, you know, I put on this this maverick individual or person that holds space. Right, um, gotcha. Because it warrants that. It is a different, and when you're engaging with more people, it warrants you to be more a larger than life character, a maverick right. to, to engage people. And is this choice a conscious or unconscious decision? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a conscious thing, but sometimes it just subconsciously happens where you feel something's appropriate and you adopt it. Right. For, ex for example, um, I was at the Natural Leaders event. Um, right. I'll send you a link for that and it's basically where combinations of leaders from different sectors of society um, were talking about experiences and I had an opportunity to um, present one of my tracks and one of the ways in which I promote my business is through music right. uh, creative. so being a maverick there being an MC that's full of characters in the pool of life and you know is engaging and is high energy and high tempo, got people to believe in my message. So, yes, right. I have Gotcha. I have so, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? 
there's that, but there's also for me there's um, the beautiful side of it. So what's the question again? One more time. The question is, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? So the advantages for me is that you know that you have a gift, and it's really about if you're true to that gift of being a, or true to being a maverick, you can succeed. But it's a very tough, tough, long road. Yes. And the advantage? That's the advantage. That's the advantage, okay. That's the advantage, yeah. It's about, it's being true. You can be true to yourself. Right. True gotcha. to yourself. You don't have to do things in ways that people say you have to do. Right. And the disadvantage then is it's a tough, tough road. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> Has Asian experience altered your maverick approach? And if so, how have you grown? I think that's quite timely because I think coming back to... You know, I'm always a person that likes to be busy and a notorious multitasker. Right. Not necessarily doing great stuff, but just being busy for the sake of, it, sake of it. And I think spending more time in nature has allowed me to be more strategic in terms of how and what I do. Okay, so, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, you touched on that before. Better. Right. What aspects of your business, Ian, are you most maverick in? My finances is, is, is um, um, because I suppose what I'm trying to do is live with as less as possible. Okay. Um, so that in itself is a challenging proposition when we live in a capital society, in an in a economic society. Okay. And what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? What do you do just like everybody else? I think just in terms of communication. Right. You know, uh, you know we, yeah. End of the day, I can talk to anybody, and you know, I can talk to you know, I've had conversations with Boris Johnson, I've had conversations with the head of PwC, I've had conversations with a guy, you know, the road, my bus driver, yeah, the road sweeper. gotcha. That's universal connection, okay. Now, this is going to be a strange one because, uh, because normally people have an office life and a maverick life, um, and a home life. So, the question is, how do you balance <laughs> being a maverick with home life? Well, that's really interesting for me because my maverick life is my home life. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think one of the things I'm recognising even more is to have structure and boundaries in place. Right. Um, and so what that means is that you can get very caught up in... The product can become more dominant than my whole lifestyle. Right. And so what I do is try, I try to make sure I have certain days I'm doing certain things. Like today's my days for meetings yeah. and business Tuesday's my day where I spend the day on my courses, developing my curriculum for my hip-hop and food brand courses. Right. Wednesday's my creative day. Thursday's my catch-up day. Friday, I'm in the garden. Saturday, I'm being creative over the weekend. Sunday, I'm back in the garden. Right, gotcha. That's a, that's a nice rounded balance. There's a couple of my mavericks that could learn a few things from you, I think. <laughs> but it, as a result of it, it's slower. But what it does mean is just this comes from this consistency in terms of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Most definitely. I mean, you know, my mum was called um, Sonia May. I, think, I figured that. I, I clicked a lot. Halfway through the interview, I went, now I get why it's called the May Project. Right. So that was one of the key things. So for me, if, if I can just inspire people, demonstrate that, you know, the whole idea from a grassroots um, basis... But, oh, the whole idea of being sustainable or being autonomous or being green or getting off grid is feasible, mm -hmm. then 
that's the legacy I want to create. And if I can do that, then this te- this will be a template for me to replicate that across the world. Okay. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back or paying it forward? Do you want to break those down a bit further? Give back or um, pay- paying it forward? You know, um, we've talked about legacy. But mm-hmm. sometimes I, I meet people that, you know, somebody who, so I have mavericks who turn around and say, well, you know, somebody gave me a break and let me be the person I wanted to be. And, I, I, and that, that's why I succeeded. So I now want to do things that will help other mavericks to, or, or, you know, help other people to pay, you know, help other people who have got similar ideas. Well, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the basis of our interactions with people in this project. Right. Uh, so everybody that comes and because it's volunteer based, yeah. um, no one really gets paid. Right. Um, so people bring their skill sets and contribute their skill sets because they want to be a part of this bigger movement project. Okay. And so it's really amazing to see people develop their skills and have a space where they can actually implement that or learn from that as well. Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk takers, Ian. What's the biggest risk you've taken to, in business to date? I invested all my money into this product. Okay. So, literally, I've got a CD out at the moment, which, um, you know, is basically to raise awareness and funds for my project. Right. I've just done that. Did it in my launch, uh, invested that into my launch and my videos. So, basically, my new, my new product, my CD, and um, the platform to promote it and to raise awareness of it, I think you have to do that every single time. You have to contribute everything to that one thing. Right. Risk taking is just it's just the standard part of being a maverick. You have yes. to do it. Yes. Yeah. So how many ventures and projects have you taken in the past five years? Is it just the May project you're doing or is there other things? Sounds like there's other things. I think I think um well the the two main brands that I go with is May Project Gardens and Mama Africa. And so May within that consists of um, workshops, event, come we grow. Um, those are the main entities as well. Right. Um, and of course, so the workshops as well. So those are kind of three main elements of what we do here. Okay. Um, so that's enough. I mean, that, that in itself is a really full um, bag. Yeah. Um, so the event to come we grow, we just got published by the South London Press. Um, if you go to my YouTube channel, mayproject.org, you'll see... Um, a load of clips from young people um, who spend the day here right. uh, or a site nearby and they get to spend a day here. Then they make a track about it as well. Right. They use music to document their experiences as well. Okay. So there's that. So that's it. But what I recognise with um, working here is that I think I'm a lot more myself. But there is also the other side of my, which is my musical side, right. which is a, a space where I can go a bit crazy. Yes. That I have that through Mama Africa, where I do festivals, I DJ and I MC, and I pull different artists. I create events, right. and as well as creating, I'm part of the show and experience as well. Right, and that really allows me to just just be completely creative. Okay, cool. My yeah. So, what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? So, success according to Ian. Success for me, it's about balance. Okay, it's balance, balance. Financial um, freedom, uh, autonomy, um, engaging more people, you know, peace of mind, healthy lifestyle. Okay. And of the projects that you've just told me about before, 
how many of them were successful according to that definition you've just given me now? I think the May Project Gardens is the most is the most successful. Right. Yeah. The others, I think they've all almost like they've been May Project, um, the other projects, some of them still exist. Right. But they've been all condensed into the May Project Gardens. Right. So the reason I'm saying that is because it feels like everything is led into the main project gardens. Right. You know, but this is the best template that I've come up with so far. But, okay, gotcha. What leads to successful execution of a project? I think uh, the ability to learn. Right. To listen. Uh, humility. Uh, compassion. Um, passion. Right. There's so many things. I mean, where do you stop and start? This, yeah, you know, true, true. Yeah, you know. So what do you do that makes the project successful? What does Ian bring to the table? I think, cause I, 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 because I've got a caring background, yeah. I see potential in everybody. Right, right. I, I see, and I see, I'm, I, I'm kind of start from the point of view, I ask people, what do you want to do? Right. I, I start asking them what their gifts are. And then I just say, okay, well, look, you've got a gift. Let me help you on that journey. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's how I do it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when, a, when a venture is unsuccessful, what would, or venture or project, what do you consider the main reasons for failure? When things haven't worked out? Myself. I have, to, I have to, more and more, it's not, an easy, it's not an easy one to acknowledge. And, you know, um, especially because, you know, there's things I want to improve. Right. But if I don't, Fully, if I don't take the full responsibility, yeah. then you know it can't, it can't, things can't move forward. I have to be completely honest and transparent where, yeah. where it's appropriate. Cold? Um, yeah, I am cold. I'm t- my boyfriend's just about to leave the house. That was my gesture to him to turn around and don't be whack the heat, you know, love. Exactly. I think I got it as well. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realise you can see me, can't you? But I can't see you. Not right. this, so no point. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, right. It's a good job I didn't do any other gesture, isn't it? <laughs> you don't know me very well. I'm, I'm the so kind ridiculous. of girl that I probably would. Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Not succeeding. I think that's... that's it, it's, it's one of the things you're afraid of, but that fear pushes you forward. Exactly, exactly. Now... You sort of work in a team, right? Uh-huh. Because obviously the people that come into your home and do the uh, projects that you do. So how important is team to you as a maverick? I, I think something, to be honest, is probably one of the most important things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use the analogy again of nature, biodiversity. Um, and I think for me, once you have a good team, like it doesn't have to be a large team, but just a good team of passionate people who share your your values and goals. You know, it's it's the world is it's a cliche, but the world is your oyster. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And does being a maverick now affect your approach to leadership? Yeah, I think I think it does. I, I just think it's like I just think there's so many more models of leadership. Um, we could embrace 
And I think within business, we tend to see a very, we only see a minority. Oh. And it tends to be just the ones that tend to deal with the very much kind of like authoritarian way of engaging in business. Yeah, definitely. I can remember being, I used to teach um, children's health in a university. And I remember leading a team and people coming up to me afterwards saying, you know, I've never worked with anybody who leads like you. Because I just gave them the power. You know, I right. said, you know, what are you good at? Okay, you do, you go do it. Tell me if you need anything. You know, That's but, right. And it That's was kind of like, oh, hang on a minute, aren't you supposed <laughs> to be the boss? Yeah. But uh, really? This is, a, only into, this is the beautiful thing about, it, it's, it's my, my um, we're talking about today, it's having that trust and faith. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and that's a real thing. There's a fear in society that, you know, we, we, this, it's based a lot on fear. Oh, you don't do this, you don't do this in this way, you're going to fail. Everyone's yeah. going to fail. That's the whole point. Do you know what I mean? You start from failure, then you learn. Exactly. You know? If you embrace that, if you build that into your culture of working, then you can succeed. Okay, my next question then, which sort of connects to this in a way, is how and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? I don't, mm, permission, I don't know if it, permission, I don't know if it was that. I, I, it was something I had to fight for, you know. I just, not even fight for, I just, I just was, I was being marginalised. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't being understood. Yeah. So I just created my own world almost in a sense right so my next question then is did you give yourself permission yeah i had to right gotcha you've touched on this before but um i want you to sort of elaborate for me is being a maverick related to creativity and if so how i think so because you know being creative you have to find ways that work for you Mm. So, for me, for example, when I get stressed, I walk around in the garden. Yeah. A really simple thing for me to do. Even when I work now, I tend to work more, not so much now because it's pretty cold and it's dark, Mm. but I tend to work outside much more, even if I'm doing office-based duties. Right. A reason for that is that because, obviously, I'm just surrounded by nature, even if I'm not involved in working with it, and that just makes you just look see the whole world differently okay and what about um you touched you said this in your definition but how is being a maverick related to innovation i i think you know it's about embracing em, embracing that that the, the word maverick in terms of everything you do it's it's about finding new ways of working it's about making lots of mistakes it's about learning from um those mistakes you've made as well so and it's about expressing who you are in the way that you feel is appropriate okay Uh, and so by doing that sometimes people don't always see you as quite normal and straightforward but that's being part of a maverick that's not being afraid to go against the grain right Now, you t- you've just um, touched on mavericks being learners. Mavericks tend to be learners. So what are you a student of? Well, funny enough, I mean, um, I'm a, I try to... I'm a student of nature, really. Right. And people. I, I, try, to, I try to observe what, what are the best attributes from that person that I can try and replicate. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and same with nature. What are the best examples that I can replicate that in, in my life? Um, so I'm very much a student on, on the observational front. Um, I like to read. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important part of um, my understanding because I'm quite an intuitive person. Right. It's really good to have information that confirms your intuition about some of the things you do. One of the greatest things I had was I'd have these ideas and concepts of ways of being, and then I'd read it and I'd say, oh, that supports that intuition. Right, and, right. And that's really invaluable for me because it doesn't make me feel like I'm alone in terms of this journey. Right. Like even the acknowledgement for you just having a saying, oh, I do that in this way. Although I've never met you before, there's some commonalities in terms of how we work. For sure, for sure. And it's really empowering. Thank you. And there's a lot more commonalities. Obviously, this interview would be about three days long if I told you all the commonalities. <laughs> but I am making, I'm, I have got some people, oh, there is somebody I think you, and one of my Mavericks, I'm going to introduce you to, but I'll tell you about that at the end, yeah. Do you draw on other Mavericks in any way? Very much so. I mean, um, we. it was funny enough, we had a, a little interview today and it's interesting around me that everyone is kind of maverick in their own way. Yes. Um, so we just had two MCs who are MCs and one's a food grower and one's a, a, a female. So mm-hmm. that in itself in that world is is, is quite unusual. Yeah. Uh, lady before them, or Victoria was around here. She has reduced the hours. She's an accountant. Right. But she's reduced the hours so she can actually spend more time supporting her two sons. Right. Um, so that in itself is, is a maverick thing to do, to reduce your hours, because we live in a culture where everyone wants more hours. Hours, yes. So all those things that I see people around me constantly, I think they're reflective of that in their own ways. Okay. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Who was a maverick? I'm really, who was really inspired? There's so many people. And, and, and the thing is, um, I meet more and more constantly. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to put it down to one individual. Okay. I think nature is probably my favourite maverick because it does some, you know, when you look at it and you think I understand it, it does something even more amazing and wonderful. Yes, gotcha. What do you have to suffer and sacrifice, if anything, because you're a maverick? I think you, you have to suffer that notion of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, you, you have to sometimes do things looking at the bigger picture. Very mm-hmm. often, actually, I find as well. Yes. You have to sacrifice, you have to sacrifice everything that you thought was correct and, and was, was right mm-hmm. and, and, and reinvent it constantly. Yes. You know, you were doing something a certain way, it doesn't work, you have to just dismiss it. No matter what no one's telling you, you can't do that, you're mad, you're completely crazy. Yeah. You've got to do it. Oh, for sure. I mean, this 18 months ago, I was senior lecturer at City University in London. Really good job. And I wanted to live by the mountains. I'm sitting here overlooking the mountains at the moment. Wow. Um, are you? I live in Vancouver. Woo! That, hence the time difference. And um, I just came here for 48 hours and decided, yep, this was for me. And came over here. I haven't earned a salary for 18 months because I started in, um, I think in the, it's said to you, you know, I did a master's in innovation, creativity and leadership. This was my thesis. I interviewed 29 people. I was having such an amazing time. 
And um, IBM and Shell Oil, who I interviewed, turned around and said, we don't think anything like this exists and we're interested in your findings. And I decided, I just woke up and went, right, I'm going to take it to 100. Because I used to teach research, I knew that 29 people nobody would listen to, but if I said I'd interviewed 100... People mm-hmm. would take me more seriously. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll tell you more about that after. So what, what motivates you as a maverick? I think, mo- mo- I think the motivation is to see the best in people. Yes. I, I, you know, I just, when you get those moments, the smallest things are just, okay, so talking about the young lady who came Victoria before and her two children, when they came and saw the space and they just made apple juice out of the fruits from the... Yeah. No, sorry, they made fruit juice out of the berries from, yeah. from the garden to someone like Randy, the co-founder, just completely transforming this garden from a derelict waste garden. I, I just... It, that's, for me, is a phenomenal thing yeah. to watch that, that happen. You know, people just really tuning into their truest abilities and like their, their truest self. Yeah. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? I think that's just part and parcel of being a maverick. Yes. You, you, you push yourselves. I mean, for example, I used to train a lot and I do martial arts a lot. And recently I got, I got injured about a month ago, two months, no, three months ago I got mm-hmm. injured and it put me out. And then I started again and within two days I got injured again. But what it taught me is that at that moment in time, everything that I was feeling, all my kind of almost, or the way I actually channel my um, feelings, couldn't be channeled in, in that way. I had to feel everything at that moment in time. Right. So that, that moment of despair, I had to feel that moment of desperation. I had to feel that thing of, oh my God, am I, you know, I had to feel the fear of doing something different. All those range of emotions that yeah. happened. Yeah. I had to be true to and I had to honour those things. I think very often we're told we shouldn't honour those insecurities, the fear, da, 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 because they're part of the makeup of what you want to do. Yeah. And not to dismiss them and say, you know, they're, they're wrong. They are part of what you do as a maverick, but not let, to not to let those dominate okay. your process. Okay. So, do you like being a maverick? I love it. I mean, I, look, I mean, today, for example, I, I woke up, did a bit of yoga. Um, someone came around to do a possible TV program, mm-hmm. a big TV program about, you know, hip hop and, yeah. and food going. Some two people, another person came around, my neighbour came around. Because it's a lifestyle. Mm. And just like how you left, you got up and left, you're creating a lifestyle which is, sits within your values. And I just, you know, it's like, some days, some days it's like, I cannot ask for anything more beautiful than this. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally 100% with you on that one. As well, somebody put it really nicely, they, a friend, well, one of my mavericks actually sent me an email and went, he's known me for a while and he just turned around and went, he goes, I just wanted to email you to say, you know, you are living your dream. You said you were going to go and live by the mountains and that's what you were going to go and do. And you, and they went, and you did it. It's amazing. It's it is amazing. amazing. Um, is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way? I think it's important because that's where, you know, I mean, coming back to nature, I'm always going to make these references. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. In permaculture, they say value the edge. Value the edge. Oh, it's a value, value the, yeah, the, the value the edge or the marginal. Yeah. And I think anything the has been inspirational, 
changing, you know, it comes from that, 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 that process. If you look at a, a, a butterfly, for example, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been, you know, I knew about butterflies for ages, but I didn't know when the caterpillar went into the cocoon, it became liquid. It transmogrifies. Yeah. And then it becomes a physical... I'm like, if, if, a, if <coughs> something, a human being can do that, imagine what potential exists. Exactly. Exactly. On a scale of one to ten, now you've nearly finished the interview, how maverick are you? I think I'm get. I, I want to be a ten. I think I'm a seven. I'm a seven at the moment. Okay. I'm, okay. Becoming true to that true self. Okay. But haven't reached my high potential yet. Fair I think enough. That's a seven or eight. Okay. What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick, so that they can be the best maverick they can possibly be? Try, try, try. Do, do, do. Okay. <laughs> How do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? Obviously, one way is by providing the project. By, by example. Yeah. And how do you serve yourself? How do I serve myself? I, 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 I acknowledge what I do. Right. Um, I, 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 I pray. I give thanks. I show appreciation for this opportunity. Right. I, I'm thankful for many people around me for, for their support. Um, I, you know, I benefit from the fruits of my labour. True. You know? Yeah. What's your biggest ambition right now? My biggest ambition is to my long term. My long term ambition is to well, my my immediate one is to start performing more regular okay. as as an artist that promotes hip hop and self sustainability and food growing. Right. I, I want that to be more of a thing. I want my courses to be um, um, accredited and to be you know I would like to deliver my course. Yeah. I'd like to form my team. Yeah, my main team, which I'm forming at the moment, yeah. um, which are going to support me take this this product to another level. Right. Um, yeah, those are my. But my biggest one is actually to 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 have this running self sufficiently, which means I can step back. Yeah. And then go and do the same thing in a different country. Okay. Okay. Even Africa, China, America, or South America. Okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? What would it be? Superhero. Mm, that's a that, oof, that's a good one. Mm. I think it could be. You know, you know that um, the cat. I don't know what this, how to describe it. Uh, you 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 touch somebody and you 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 um you take on some of their attributes. Right, gotcha. Yeah, a and bit they, like out of those X Men. Yeah, yeah. That I'd, would be a, that because I. But you know what? The the the, the most powerful thing is. To turn something negative into a positive. I think that would be an amazing superpower. Yeah. Something like war. I could go into a war-torn area and just chomp, make it to a beautiful place where people are harmonising. You can go to a place where there's AIDS. Everyone's healthy. But That's what I think my superpower would be. But I think you're already doing that, Ian. Okay, well... I think if you, if, you, if you look at what the May Project is doing, that's kind of what you're doing. Indeed, In but a, yeah. I suppose yeah, I get yeah, that takes a while. If I yeah. can just touch, <laughs> yeah, 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 all that without the hard work. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay, what do you do for fun? Yeah, exactly. So, my next question: What do you do for fun? What I do for fun, I I think I just live. This is this is yeah. this is what I do. It's yeah. it's it's part and parcel. It's 
it, it's just the beauty. I call it the the beautiful challenge. Okay. Life, you know, I, when you do some things, you're thinking, how on earth am I going to accomplish this and finish this? And then when you've done it, you look back and say, boy, that was a roller coaster. That was a yeah, ride. Yeah. But then you smile, you've done it. Yes. What would be one quote that defined you as a maverick? The pollinator. The pollinator. Final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? I, you could be all day. You haven't asked. You haven't asked me. It's interesting. You haven't asked my age. You haven't asked. It's just interesting. Just like it's great. I'm not saying it's important, but yeah. it's, just, it's just a different way of interviewing. It's, yeah. it's amazing. There's nothing really. I think you know. Nothing in particular, no. Okay, no. so I'm going to switch the recorder off. Thank you for letting me interview you. Thank I've you really, much. really enjoyed that and learned oh, a lot. Great. <laughs>